Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome back to Careers and Mental Health Conversations podcast. I'm Pat and I'm joined today by our mental health director who should be fresh, just returned from Bali. Welcome back, Tina Winchester. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, I am refreshed. I've had a lovely, lovely break. I'm ready for 2019. And how was Bali? How was the trip? Awesome. Fantastic. Beautiful place. A lovely, lovely company, um, friends and family. We had a great time couple of cocktails by the pool. Lots of cocktails by the pool. Fantastic. And uh, ready to rip into 2019? Yeah, yeah. Really ready to hit the ground running, excited about the things we've got planned for this year, Pat. Yeah, it's going to be a lot going on. So we really look forward to unveiling that as, as we start going along throughout this month and the, and the next 11 months. So it's going to go quite quickly again. Uh, today, we've actually got a comment on social media or a shout out that we wanted to, to respond to, which was really a question. And um, that person asked that if someone comes forward to you and opens up that they've got a mental health issue and they don't know what to do, what can we do in terms of passing on ideas of how to help that person or offer support or put them in the right direction? So I thought I'd ask you, being our mental health director and you run mental health first aid and a lot of workshops across Australia, what advice would you give to someone asking that question? Yeah, it's a great question and it's not an uncommon question. So I do get asked a lot um, on my travels about what should I do because people tend to kind of freak out at the prospect of having a conversation with someone um, about a mental health problem or knowing what to do. So I think the first message I would say around this is don't feel as if you need to fix it. So we can't, we can't as individuals fix people's stress and worries and mental health problems and issues. What we can do in the first instance is um, take the time to listen. Um, it's not it's not an easy thing to say to anybody, whether it's a, a colleague, a family member, a friend, it's not an easy thing to say, I'm struggling with my mental health um, or I'm having challenges and difficulties um, and I need help or I don't know what to do. So the first thing I would say is it's really important to acknowledge the courage that it takes for someone Definitely. to say, I'm struggling mm. and remember in the back of your mind that you're not expected to fix it. Yeah. But what you can do is give the person the opportunity to talk more about what it is that's concerning them. So yeah. if somebody says, I, I, I have a mental health problem and I don't know what to do about it, or I think my mental health is um, declining because I've got difficulties in my life or whatever, um, giving them the opportunity to talk about what's going on in a really kind of free and relaxed environment um, where there's no expectation around um, you as a responder knowing what to say and do because if you care you're halfway there. And I guess in some ways like it's a little bit like knowing physical health you know if someone comes up to you say oh I'm not feeling that well you know it's not your job to diagnose oh you know go and go and take you know two paracetamol or go and you know lay down like you're not a doctor yeah you're you're you don't know that but taking the time to hear that person out because talking about a mental health issues we know is is far more confronting than saying talking about a physical issue yeah. which you know unfortunately it shouldn't be but uh, that's just the way it is at the moment so exactly absolutely right and it is it is difficult to know um 
um, in any situation like that what to do. So I would say for sure allow as much time and space uh, for the person to share with you what's happening. Um, reassure them that, it, that you're there to support them. And then there's options around what people can do. And remember that we might be suggesting options to people, but they don't have to take that option up right now. Um, it's really important that we don't railroad people into doing things they don't want to do. And it's really important that we don't strip people of any control that they have. Um, because when our mental health isn't... Um, when we're not doing so well with our mental health, one of the biggest issues that we tend to have is an overwhelming um, fe of overwhelming feelings and sensations and a lack of control. So if we strip control away then and say, you have to do this, you have to do that, you're going to exacerbate the problem, in right. my opinion. Um, so the last thing we want to do is strip away um, control. But what we can do is offer options. Um, so we can... Um, maybe make a suggestion that they should have a chat with their GP if they're comfortable doing that. GPs see people every single day that are struggling with their mental health. So one in four people will go through a GP's doors. In fact, there was a report last year that said that psychological and emotional issues are the most prevalent issues that GPs deal with on a daily basis. Wow. So didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So GPs are, are very well versed in um, uh, hearing stories from people about how their mental health um, might be in decline and giving them options around what to do. If you're not comfortable with the GP, so if the person says, I don't want to talk to my GP about it, um, I feel that he or she is going to dismiss me or I'm worried that, um, that they're going to tell my family members or whatever the reason might be. If they're not comfortable with their GP um, and you've made that suggestion and they say no, you can then remind the individual that you can you can go to another GP. You can. You can yep. go to another GP. Um, and you can actually research online GPs with a specialist in mental health, which is always a good thing to do. Um, there are GPs out there that have got uh, had extra training in mental health problems as well that will be excellent at, at supporting. Yep. The other thing to remember when suggesting that someone goes to a GP, again, is that the GP, a good GP, um, will not be telling you what to do, but giving you options. So it's all about options sure. and making your own decisions about, about the care that you receive. Yeah. The other thing that you can do, I think, if somebody does say, look, I'm not doing so well with my mental health and I don't know what to do about it, um, sometimes it can be helpful to say to people, can you tell me about times in the past when you've had difficulties um, and what has helped for you? Because we tend to forget the things that help when we get yeah. so um, kind of enmeshed in the difficulties that we're having with our mental health that we're, our perspective gets a little bit skewed. So asking someone to reflect back on times in the past when their mental health hasn't been so good or when they've been struggling or under stress, what was it that helped? Yeah. Um, that's always a good one as well. Another one to think about is asking if that person has somebody in their life or their family that they trust. Who do you trust? Sure. Um, and then encourage them to talk to, to that person in their life. Who do you trust? It's a really important question. Do you think this is really tough for people in a workplace environment to open up because fear of judgment, fear it might get through to... Uh, let's say management who might then sort of think, oh, you know, this employee is, is not doing so well. Uh, is, do you think it's important that companies therefore have something in place like a mental health first aid or, you know, a lot of companies have uh, employee assistance programs to sort of reassure employees it's okay to come forward and talk about this and, and you won't be judged and there is support? 
Yeah, absolutely. But I also know from experience that not every workplace practices what they preach. So I can fully understand why someone who might be struggling with their mental health is reluctant to talk to someone in their workplace about it. Um, if you have any doubt that your job could be at jeopardy because you, you disclose that you have a mental health problem or you're struggling, then don't. Then just don't. Um, employee assistance programs are the best way to do it. You know, if you're looking for help in the workplace, because employee assistance programs are independent of, of the employers and their main focus is on the employee. They will not, nobody within any employee assistance program will disclose to an employer that somebody has a mental health problem unless there's a risk issue. Yep. So it's completely confidential. You don't have an obligation in the workplace to tell your employer that you have a mental health problem. You don't have a legal obligation unless it impacts on your ability to do your job. Yeah. So if you're not comfortable with talking to somebody in the workplace about um, your mental health issues, and I'll say don't. There's a possibility in the future when you become well again because you've seen your GP and you've engaged with services and treatment plans, which is what we do, we get better, Yeah. that you might then want to think about how you want to approach the fact that you're working in an environment where they don't know that you have a mental health problem and you're ready to talk about it. But I wouldn't make decisions like that when I was feeling unwell. I'd yeah. make decisions like that when I was feeling back you know back on top form again yeah and it's an interesting topic because it's something where you know we would love the laws to change so mental health was recognized the same as physical health we're not quite there yet there's big movements going on around the globe to to get more recognition to get laws changed but until that happens i think what you're saying tina is if you're not 100 percent sure of it if it's going to compromise your employment, then, then there's support services. There's enough support services external to your work that you can activate, that you can really look into um, aside from that. So best not to take the risk. Personally, I mean, I, I might be being controversial there, Pat, but my focus is always on the employee in an yeah. organisation um, in terms of individual rights. And, and unfortunately, there, you know, there are some employers out there that aren't sympathetic to, to mental health issues yeah. because they they haven't necessarily had the education around it. But there are also lots and lots of businesses out there that are. Oh, there is, yeah. So if there's a mental health first aider in your organisation, absolutely encourage the person to go and talk to them. Uh, again, that will be confidential. Um, the other thing I want to say as well is sometimes when somebody discloses to us that their mental health isn't good and we have these conversations, um, what we find is that people still don't do anything in the immediate you know, immediate future. Yeah. And that and some people can feel frustrated with that. But I think it's important to remember that sometimes it's a process. It's a very difficult position to be in, um, as I said at the start of the podcast, to kind of say I'm having a, an issue. It's a, it's hard as well to actually reach out um, to professionals to say I need some help. So if you have a conversation with someone, you make these recommendations and suggestions. Look, you've got options. You can see your GP. You can talk to the employee assistance program. Uh, talk to a mental health first aider in the workplace, maybe talk to someone in your family that you trust to ensure that there's always open communication and then you find that the person isn't doing anything, that's okay. It's okay. We have a right as individuals to manage our mental health as we see fit. Sure. Yeah. We just what we need to be doing is 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 packing our patients and going back and being available for the person in terms of saying, have you thought any more about some of the recommendations I made when we spoke prior, and find out what it is that's holding them back if they haven't been to see someone. Great, yeah, no, great advice. One of the things that really sticks in my mind that I've learned from being uh, around you teaching mental health first day, going through the course, obviously being a lot more involved through through our company and the work we're doing is that you. Just because you have a mental illness doesn't mean you can't 
um, get through that. Doesn't yeah. mean that it, you know, it's going to stick with you for life. Just you know, if you break a leg, that leg mends, and you walk on it again, and it's fine. It's not broken mm. anymore. Mental health, from what I've learned and continuing to learn through working with with amazing people like you, is things mend. Yeah, and you do get over that. And just because you've had it once doesn't mean that you've got it for life, you know. There's obviously things which, which do stick around, and, but most mental health illnesses, you know, you get through it. Yeah. And, and once you're over that, you know, it's, it's, it's gone, you know. Absolutely. Obviously, there's things in place to make, you need to do to make sure you keep moving forward, but it's not something that sticks with you for the rest of your life all of the time. No, and that is so true and such an important message. Um, people get better. Mm when it comes to their to their mental health if their mental health's in decline and sometimes we need the support of, of professionals around us and um, and sometimes it's it's the support of our family and workplaces but it, it's really crucial that people understand that message that you can have one episode of a mental health problem in your lifetime and never have another one again yeah. or you can have a few episodes when things get stressful um, and look we're all surrounded by stress every single day um, but we do get better yeah. and one of the messages, Pat, that I give on mental health first aid is that every time we become unwell with our mental health, we are building our library of knowledge around our illness. So we're, we're, we're learning about um, early warning signs of becoming unwell. We're learning about what things work for us to help us to become well again. And we're building up a library of information about us as an individual in terms of how our illness presents and what what works well for us so when we do have a relapse back into poor mental health it doesn't necessarily mean um you know it's, it's a step back it actually can it also include a step forward step in forward. terms of building up your library of knowledge around your illness yeah definitely and the reason i sort of brought that up is you know if you take the time to confide in someone especially in a workplace you know, and tell them about your mental illness. Say, for example, you might say, oh, look, you know, I've, I'm feeling, being depressed. I think I've got depression. I'm not sure what to do. Do you know anything I can do? Just because that person's come forward and confided doesn't mean three years later down the track, everyone in that office is going to be, oh, you know, they've got depression. Oh, they're depressed all the time. You, you move forward, you know, you, you get your help. Sometimes it's ongoing treatment. Sometimes it's quite quick. But that, that sort of stigma that you've had it once, you've got it for life. Yeah. That's so sort of, you know, unfounded in terms of most mental illnesses. Yeah, massive misconception. And the other thing I think as well is that we need to remember that as individuals, we have a responsibility for our own mental health. So people are not going to fix it for us. We have to stand up and be, be accountable. accountable. And yep. I know it, it feels like a harsh message when I say it, but it is important that we understand that, you know, sometimes we do have to dig deep and find that strength and courage to to to, to be accountable. But that's the same as physical health. health. Like if you're being a lazy slob eating potato chips on the couch and never exercising or yeah. getting outside, you are accountable for that portion of your physical health. Yeah. So you're not going to get better if you keep doing what you're doing in terms of, you know, being unfit and unhealthy. Yeah. So things need to change. So I guess what you're saying is if we want to recognize physical health, the same as mental health and vice versa, everyone needs to be accountable for their own health. We do, yeah. we do. But on, you know, on, in saying that, you know, I do understand that, for example, if you, if with depression, you know, finding the motivation to get up and, yeah. um, and reach out for help is really, really hard. So to go back to the original question that the comment that the person made around um the topic of this podcast um first of all if somebody is coming up to you and saying i'm concerned i have a mental health problem and i don't know what to do then kudos to you for being so 
open and warm and welcoming that the person feels comfortable enough to say that. Yeah. The second point is please don't think that you that there is now an expectation on you to fix it because there isn't. You don't have to have the answers. In fact, what you need to have are the questions. Questions around how long has this been going on for? How much has this been impacting you? What What are the issues that are going on for you? And a genuine curiosity um, to create a space for somebody to talk about what's going on. Then the next the next step really is to talk about options not strip the person of the of their control but talk about options have you spoken to your gp about this um if you're not happy with your current gp you can change your gp the gp will not tell you what to do the gp will then give you options and you can think about those options you can make informed decisions around that be available to the person to um to talk further if they need to and be ready to be potentially knocked back um, in terms of reaching out for help, sometimes we need to pack our patients um, and always follow up with that person in terms of having an easy conversation around how are things going for you? Um, have you been to see your GP? Is there any improvement? And finally, I think the final um, question that you might want to ask the person is how can I help you? Sure. How can I help? Really you? important, isn't it? Are you okay? How can I help? How would yeah. you like me to help you? Yeah, yeah, great. Well, Tina, thank you so much. I think that really would uh, help clear up that question. I know I've actually learned a little bit more. I'm learning something every day, uh, being around uh, you know the work that you're doing and, and some of the companies that we we do work for. So I uh, hope that's answered the question. And uh, thank you for taking the time to explain that on the podcast. Pleasure. And that was a brilliant question. Absolutely loved it. And if there's any other questions or comments on that that people might have for future podcasts send them in we want to yeah. be giving you the information that you need definitely info at careerdevelopmentcenter.com.au or we're very easy to find on all social media channels have a look for us and we look forward to your questions